There we go. We're live. You're live. To an extent. Uh, yes. Right. I'm going to go in. Oh golly. Hi everyone. Welcome to welcome to a wonderfully well organised and definitely on time episode of uh, Rail Natter. We're just we're just sorting ourselves out here. So bear with us a second. Uh, I'm going to go in here and look at the. We're oh. live. Oh, that's that's me. I can hear me. <laughs> my that my means the sound is working. That's good. Yes, it is. Uh, there's the chat. Let's change that to live chat, and people can say hello. People can see us in the corner. Oh my goodness me! Oh. Right, OBS is back. Hi, well, you know what? You know what? Let's 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 go side by side. Charlie's go. here. <laughs> hello, everyone. Charlotte Monroe is joining us from the London that they have. Uh, Oh my goodness, what what a start to a show! <laughs> anyway. It's okay. Like we'll just uh, it hasn't started yet. Like let me wait there. I've I've had an idea. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. This is fine. So uh, hi everyone. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> we haven't officially started yet, uh, and now we're and, and we can officially start. Uh, hey. <laughs> Oh my goodness me! Welcome everyone to um, to let's stick the title card back on. What we're we doing? We're going to talk. Oh my goodness me! Everyone's here. People are laughing at me. It's the normal chaos. It's fine. Um, welcome to this week's episode of uh, of Rail Natter. Uh, Charlotte Monroe has joined us, and we are going to talk about R on the Underground, which is nice. That's 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 today. So it's even though it's chaos, we're just going to have a deep breath. We're going to be calm. We're going to bring a bit of anxiety reduction uh, and just whew, breathe in and breathe out. There we are. Let me start with some meditation on the show. Um, this is nice because actually, so uh, as we have all been doing, we've been watching um, Tim on Tuesdays, right? And what should be part of the uh, yesterday's episode, but the Stockholm Metro, which is probably one of the more globally known um, metro system art projects uh, going, and it was, and I was just watching, thinking, this is awesome. Firstly, it gives, it was giving me lots of feels for why I think that art is like a discipline. It should be a discipline as part of the delivery of engineering projects, because particularly for railway systems that have passengers on them, um, thousands of, you know, people are spending hours and hours on our infrastructure. We should, we should enrich their lives. You know, these attacks, it's whether you like it or not, these are publicly funded. Uh, bits of infrastructure that we should enrich people's lives while they travel on them. So I was super excited that the timing worked so well for this episode. Um, oh, how are you today? Are you all right? I'm good. Yeah, I'm on annual leave, so I'm enjoying it. We're, we, we were just, for everyone who's got the benefit of joining us on, uh, on rail, we'll start properly in a minute, but um, we, we're both, both Charlie and I have west-facing uh, offices, so, so it's warm. It's very warm. I've got a summery outfit on, so I'm not yes, too warm, but it uh, is warm. I was tempted to just not wear anything at all. Uh, it's <laughs> just, under, like, I've got the windows completely wide open. Uh, I've got a fan. Actually, can anyone hear the fan down at my feet? Is that loud? Tell me on the feed if you can hear that. Uh, I need it, though, because it's blowing cool, well, moderately cool air at me. Anyway, Charlie, let's let's kick off, shall we? Um, yes. Yeah, without further ado, and hoping that my uh, that the intro video, which was uh, rendered about uh, three minutes ago, uh, is all lined up. Welcome to this week's Rail Natter. 
it's the lovely Intercity 225. That all worked. Your name was right. I'd not forgotten to update it. Oh, I can, I can, we can be happy about that. That's ostensibly professional start to the show. Excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm we getting like some profession. Yeah, yeah, uh, vaguely. People can just about hear the fan, but it's not too bad. People can't hear us over the sound of their own fans running in their respective <laughs> bedrooms. So we can offices. say whatever we want today, then. Like, we can just. We could talk about anything, and as long as it vaguely looks right, then we're fine. Exactly. Uh, Britain is not a country designed for hot weather in any way, and I'm sure we'll do episodes about this in the future. But, um, I mean, if nothing else, we don't build our houses with aircon because reasons, which is fine, apart from when it isn't, and we all just suffocate. People wonder why British people moan about the hot weather. It's because our, we just have not built our country to cope with the slightest bit of warmth. Uh, yeah. yeah, anyway. Hooray! <laughs> Um, yeah, let's uh, let me click on here and make sure I'm ready to make things happen. Uh, let's let's small face and, and get cracking, shall we? Yes. Uh, oh, actually, no. Not let's not get crack. While, while we've got these pictures up, um, a few of you might well be keen to ask about or interested in asking about the incident that happened um, earlier in the week, uh, which I'm sh which basically don't ask questions about that. We're going to wait for the report. Um, I'm sure we can speculate to our, our heart's content, but let's not do it here um, with, uh, with Charlie. Let's wait until we, people who have investigated it say some things. Anyway, right, that's enough about that. Um, cool. Tell me what you've put on. This is, this is a veritable smorgasbord. In fact, you know what? Tell us about Art on the Underground. What the hell is it? Okay, so Art on the Underground is um, the organization that runs one of the largest public art programs in the world. Um, so it's all manner of things from temporary exhibitions, posters, um, to full scale, um, sculpture installations, tiling, um, across the tube network. It's funded, uh, in part by TFL, in part by the mayor's office, and it gets a lot of external sponsorship as well. Um, but it's essentially turns the world's oldest metro system into one of the world's biggest art galleries. Um, and that's one of the things that I love so much about it is that you don't have to, um, be an art lover, as it were, to appreciate art on the underground. And there's so many little bits and bobs all over the network that um, will jump out at you, or you might not even notice at all. Um, so I thought it's it's something that I really love. One of my favourite bits about the whole underground. Um, so I thought we'd uh, we could have a chat about some of the hidden things, some of the more obvious things um, that's happened over the the underground's 157 year history. Yeah, Someone's going to sound wrong there, but uh, that should be right off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, knocking, knocking on the door of, of being a veritable geriatric now, I think the, uh, yeah. the, the underground system is. Um, yeah, this is great because it's something that, that, well, both of us are passionate about, which is you know, transport as a social good. Um, and it just feeds into that. I, I was saying a minute ago about the fact that Stockholm Metro is, you know, the idea was that people are experiencing this infrastructure daily. Um, why not? enrich their lives a bit and, 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 and also take the opportunity to showcase artists and, uh, and ideas and all sorts. It's great. I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'd prop me in the side of the head when you want me to change slides, but there's a lot. Of, but, um, yeah. I, um, I was going to say linking to that as well is that it's not just what one of the great things about TFL or, or London Underground specifically as well um, is the, whilst Art the Underground is um, as a sort of an organization celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, mm -hmm. Actually, the idea of art on the underground goes right back to the earliest of days. And some of the things we're going to look at are um, much more um, old, a much older part of the network, um, but then also more modern things as well. Um, but the idea behind sort of transport design 
uh, for want of a better word, goes, um, we could do a whole talk just on the underground's wayfinding, for mm, instance. Yeah. Because so much effort gets put into it. Mm. Um, and it is such a huge part. And it's one of the big challenges of Art in the Underground is to make sure that you're enriching um, what you do. But also, this is unlike any art gallery. This is a work <laughs> public transport network. So some of the projects, some of the installations that happen, there's so much extra um, planning and things that have to go into. Um, and it's certainly, uh, if you speak to some of the artists who've been involved, I've, I've had the pleasure of doing so. Um, they don't always appreciate the challenges to bring their things to life. Mm. And it's one of the great credits of Art on the Underground as, as an organization and the team involved who can bring some of the wackiest ideas together um, and make them fantastic. And in a way that will work on a transport system like it's it's amazing and i think we've got a couple of things on on the slide that people see at the moment so um the i'll, I'll talk you through what's here actually that's, mm, that's probably yeah. interesting um we're not going to cover all of these but it's it sort of gives a good idea so top left um on the behind we've got down at uh, heathrow airport um we've got a um enamel panel um of sort of like the, the rear end of airplanes and the, the tail pieces oh yeah concord that, that one in fact yeah, yeah yeah that was done for the, the heathrow extension and mm -hmm. um, to the right of that we've got uh, mark wallage's labyrinth project uh, which i also have a poster of here i planned ahead um which was a piece done for the 150th anniversary in 2015 um it's a unique artwork on all 270 of the underground stations um, <laughs> next one along, McNamara 68, and we've got another labyrinth in the shop as well. This was a uh, piece done about five years ago now. Um, again, uh, this poster got put all over the network, um, and it was uh, a really sort of um, had a lot of accompanying sort of outreach projects with it. Uh, next one along, uh, the one that says Fry, um, that's a tube map cover, which is also there. Oh, very uh, nice, yeah. And um, this was. Uh, specifically part of Artists on the Underground's 15th anniversary um, celebrations. They did a sort of um, a rolling program celebrating their own achievements um, in 2016. Um, if we then come down below that, we've got uh, quite a big one wrapper. It's called Edgware Road by Jacqueline Ponsolet. This was um, a really nice way of turning a relatively dull, very important, but relatively dull part of the network, the bulk supply point, which is what takes the electricity from um, the national grid and sends it out into our um, substations, uh, but a way of just brightening that up. Mm. Um, below that bottom right, we've got uh, the famous, and I'm sure everyone's gonna be familiar with these, uh, the Pelosi um, uh, murals, uh, mosaics at Tottenham Court Road. Um, iconic bit of uh, underground art, uh, art on the underground um, predating the program, but um, art on the underground as they are now had a lot to do with um, the refurb of those as part of Tottenham Court up Road's upgrade ahead of Crossrail. Mm. Uh, coming to the left, um, this one gets asked a lot, and this is a great bit of trivia, um, so I'm hoping everyone will definitely learn something. Uh, this is the central line, um, and there's some maquette um, that's on a handful of trains that says self-other, and it was part of a program in 2007 um, called Acts of Kindness. And it was there was very little thought of to explain it, because that's a lot of what this is about. It's just little things here and there that mm. make you think. Um, but it's um, the idea of just being kind to other people, and it's very relevant, I think, with what's going on in the world at the moment as well, um, and just, just be be nice and, and yeah, acts of kindness, the, the clues in the name. Um, above that, that's opposed to falling down. That will probably happen a lot. Oh, it's um, melting. I was going to say the world is yeah. melting. 
Um, above that, we've got, uh, this is a photo from a tour that Art on the Underground did at King's Cross Station. Bye-bye, Tube Man. Um, <laughs> it's good, it's dynamic. It's a dynamic set, yeah. I like it. Um, this is the tour that Art on the Underground run. They, In ordinary times, they run sort of periodic tours across the network of various uh, projects that have happened. And this was a um, piece done in 2016 um, involving a tube driver's diaries. Um, and it had the um, the uh, journey along the Victoria line. And then it also featured um, tube maps. There was a, an old member of staff who's retired who would draw, meticulously draw tube maps to give out to customers. Um, and there's the one in particular was the service of Boxing Day in the 1960s. Um, nowadays, we don't run a particularly high service on the underground. We do run trains, but we don't run a lot. And this one showed a pretty much fully comprehensive full service but the detail that it was drawn in rivals the detail of the officially produced tube maps like it's, it's <laughs> phenomenal. um and then finally oh the final two bottom left corner and um, this is one of the victoria line tiling patterns um that was put in so every victoria line station has got a unique um sort of motif this is oxford circus um so we've got the intersect of the blue victoria line sort of taking taking priority uh, and then the red central line and the red Bakerloo line, all, uh, brown Bakerloo line, all intersecting together. Um, and then finally, um, on the sort of middle left, and this is what I say sometimes about how it can be very challenging to bring together some of these pieces and how also wacky they are. This is Gloucester Road Station and there's a disused platform. And uh, in 2017, there was just this, uh, 2018, sorry, there was this huge um, transformation of the platform with eggs, um, fried eggs, saucepans, frying pans. It was completely bonkers. And it was just the idea of entering a child's mind almost. It was called My Name is, uh, is Letty Eggsy Rub. And it's one we'll look at a little bit more later on. Um, but it was just, yeah, this this huge frying uh, fried egg on a platformer station. You'd never expect to see it. It drew a lot of controversy, um, but I loved it. And it was just one of those things where the artist had this crazy idea and it was it was brought to life spectacularly mm. um so sadly it's it's not there anymore because the, the program is always changing my headphones don't fit in my ear if i fiddle sorry um yeah so uh, and that's one of my favorites so yeah this is just a, a highlight of, of some of what's coming up over the next um little while and it's already yeah. 20 past we're doing we're doing well time wise um yep. slide, <laughs> slide one done um yeah we do have a question, but I feel like you might answer it, which is, and I suppose it's a bit subjective as well. Matt Reed asks, uh, what's the oldest piece of art on the underground? And maybe that's a lead into the next slide. I don't know. Um, it's not leading to the next one, but we do sort of do that. I think it's the third slide. Oh, um, OK. Yeah, we'll start. No, fourth, fourth slide has got that one looking at my things. Um, it's not necessarily the oldest. It's very subjective. Like some people would say Baker Street Station um, platforms five and six, the original part of the Metropolitan Railway. Some would say that's a work of art in itself, uh, an architectural work of art. Um, it's otherwise, other people would say, well, it, actually, the oldest art on the underground project is going to be the first one that was done in 2000 by Platform for Art, as they were then known. Um, it's yeah, it's a very subjective question. I would tend to say um, some of the sculpture from sort of the 1920s. Um, okay. as the underground really started to expand and boom um, sort of just before we got into the Art Deco years. That's what I would consider to be one of the, the earliest pieces. Um, but it, it's a really subjective question, to be honest. Uh, right. We're gonna, let's, uh, let's have yeah. a look at the next slide.
Um, ah. So this is Charing Cross um, on the Northern and Bakerloo Line platforms. They've got these lovely murals. I wasn't going to feature these, but I know we had them in the title, oh, uh, yeah. the advert card. So I thought we'd quickly um, just uh, touch base on what they are. And these are um, 100 meter long murals along the whole platform. Um, and they basically show scenes from sort of the construction of, of the area um, in uh, sort of medieval times. Also features uh, Edward the First, um, Eleanor Castle. It's just, it's. I don't have much love for it. I don't get it, to be quite honest. And you'll see this with some of the themes. There's some things I've picked which are my favourites, and there's some things I've picked that I will probably be quite critical of. Um, but it's just one of those things that's been around for years, and it shows this was done in the 19. Um, 1980s and it, it's just one of those examples of the tube being done um uh, carrying on for a very long time and it just it, it's a bit of added value in somewhere that otherwise would just be a very drab yeah. very drab station, drab right? is exactly that. the word i had in my head i was yeah. looking at thinking they are drab platforms um yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah it's it, it's interesting to um i think that i think it was great i didn't realize it was that old actually i thought it was more recent it's quite it's quite Particularly the way they've used the roundel, it's quite a modern. It's quite a modern style. I mean, obviously the artwork isn't modern, but the the way that they've represented yeah. it is quite. Yeah, it's good. Um, oh, tiles. Cool. Yes. So this one goes back to what we were saying. This is someone's actually just asked this question. Um, I've just noticed. Oh yeah. Where does art end and design begin? And <laughs> I think this is a perfect example of that. This could not have been timed better. Um, this is at Green Park, and this is the interchange passage between the Piccadilly line and the Jubilee lines that was put in in the 1970s for when the Jubilee line opened. And at one end of it, which is at the top, uh, the Piccadilly line end, the mosaics are, are primarily sort of dark Piccadilly line blue. And as you walk through the passageway, the specks of grey become much more um, defined until you get to the other end of it, where it's predominantly grey or silver um, and just a, a very little bit of blue. Um, so it's a very subtle change that you wouldn't necessarily notice unless you were looking for it. But it does double up as wayfinding as well, because at the one end, when it's predominantly blue, you're at the Piccadilly line. And at the other end, when you're predominantly um, sort of grey silver, you're at the, the Jubilee line. Mm, um, and it's that. just it's it's a bit that I really, really enjoy. Such um, a subtle little thing, but it's just. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, as I say, it's one of those that art really is everywhere. And um you don't always necessarily notice it straight off. It doesn't have to be something in your face. It, it can be something really subtle like this. So, yeah. I love it. It's so good. Uh, I appear to have naffed up your slide there for some reason. It was perfectly symmetrical, and then I've, I've clearly knocked it to one side. Never mind. Anyway, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, the pictures are lovely. Um, um, oh, uh, now, okay. I feel like we've seen some of these before, uh, recently on television as well, actually. Yes. Um, so Tim spoke about these a few weeks ago in his architecture series. This is 55 Broadway, which until very recently was the headquarters of London Underground. Um, and this is one of the things I'm saying about how Art on the Underground goes back a very, very long time. So these sculptures were built for the opening uh, of the building in 1927, off the top of my head. Um, and they were very controversial at the time. Um, one of them in particular, it's the one on the bottom left, um, or having... It's got a willy on it. Yes, yes. You put it so much more eloquently than I, I could ever hope to do. Um, but yeah, so the, these sculptures um, uh, were done. Um, Eric Mornier, Eric Gill, Jacob Epstein, Alfred Gerard, Henry Moore, Samuel Rabinovich and Alan G. Wyan 
um, sort of between 1907 and 1929. There's a, there's, this is just a, a small collection of them. There's, there's loads there. Um, and it was, all of these people were sort of leading artists in their time. Um, and the idea was just to build this very celebratory, I guess, um, building, celebrating the underground. It was the head of the underground group, later the head of London Transport, later the head of London Underground, uh, literally until last year. And we've now unfortunately sold the building off very controversial subject some people mm -hmm. agree with it some people don't um but it's they're they're very um very very detailed sculptures for their time um i love them i i really love them uh, very avant-garde but as i say very um controversial at the time for being indecent uh, particularly the the day and night epstein sculptures which are the the two sort of smaller ones on the left hand side um but these were di carved pretty much directly into the, the facade of the, mm. uh, the building. I was going to say, yeah, so. they were done in situ, weren't they? They were they're actually, yes. which is quite, I don't know, I realise I have no idea whether it's quite unique, but it sounds like a daft thing to me. It's the sort of thing that I'd expect someone to do in a workshop and then get brought in and, and, and put yeah. up. And, but that was how a lot of things were done in that kind of time. I mean, let's let's look at the, the building of the early tube lines. These weren't with the same way that we built Crossrail. It wasn't a giant TBM. It was all dug by yeah, hand. Yeah, great edge shields. And, and then digging. building up the, the um, on certainly the uh, the subsurface routes, then building up sort of the brick tunnels from by hand and scratch. Mm. And it's it's phenomenal to think that this was happening almost 100 years ago and is still in a very, very sort of good way for, for us to enjoy today. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm glad you put those in. It's 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 it is, uh, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I, I can understand. I mean, we could talk about 55 Broadway for ages. I, I can understand the reasons it's gone, and also I'm a bit sad that it's gone. Uh, there's 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 all sorts of yays and nays for it, but um, yeah, I mean, we can still. It's, it's listed to high heaven, so um, yeah, it's, it's we're not very lose, we're not losing it as a building unless someone decides to do an insurance job on it or something. But um, yeah. anyway, it's stunning. Uh, exactly. even, even the willy uh, even the willy yes frank pick oh now here oh, i like this uh, statue work so yeah so this is another of the very early projects this is at finchley central um sorry east finchley east finchley um and is a statue of an archer on the northern line this has been adopted as the sort of internal um symbol of the northern line um yeah. now but the archer points towards morden um and from east finchley down to Morden is the longest uh, continuous tunnel that we've got on the underground. Um, and I believe it's another post for you, <laughs> very dynamic. Um, and it's, it is one of those things that's um, different people say the tunnel is record breaking for different reasons. I don't particularly care enough to have, have looked it up and I now feel a bit silly for having not looked it up. Um, I'm sure someone will, will comment if is they know for length? certain. Is it, um, is it the length of the tunnel that's particularly, is that right? Yeah, it's 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 the longest continuous deep tube tunnel from just after East Finchley Station all the way down just before Morden Station, um, and it's slightly longer if you go via Bank than if you go via Charing Cross, but you can go either way. Um, but yeah, this this was another of those sort of pinnacle incorporating um, important artists. Uh, so this was by Erica Mornier um, of the time into station building. Um, East Finchley was meant to be a, a significantly greater station than it is uh, as part of the, the abandoned Northern Heights project, uh, taking over various lines um, in North London, uh, which would have greatly increased uh, the scope of the uh, Northern line as well. It's mm. already a mess going yeah. through 
central London. But I think if we had all these additional branches, it would have been um, even more so. Uh, as it is now, um, it's it's a through station. Some trains terminate there at the end of the day in, in middle platforms to go to and from some sidings that are just a bit further down. But this never really got um, as much of a, a, a landmark station, shall we say, as it, as it should have done, which I think is a shame because it's a, it's a fantastic um, sort of early early art deco. It's, it's that time that sort of deco started to become a thing. So it's got elements of deco and then elements of what came before. Um, but I, I love it. Mm. Um, and yeah, so linking in to Frank Pick, obviously not, this isn't a Frank Pick station, but Frank Pick was a very um, prominent figure of the underground. Um, and actually we've got Frank Pick to, to thank ultimately for a lot of the reason why we have such a great design ethos. He looked to get the top designers, the top architects, um, and really had this vision for the underground, uh, the underground electric railways of London Company, as, as it was the whole mouthful. Um, and in 2017, um, he was uh, memorialised with this uh, roundel at Piccadilly Circus, um, and um, which uh, we'll, we'll come on to a little bit more on, on the next slide. There's a bit more about that, Ooh. but yeah, the the modern, the underground as we know it wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Frank Pick and, and his vision, ultimately, um, and his belief that transport should be accessible, but also good wayfinding, good um, design ethos, all, all of it. So, yeah. And here he is, yeah. Yeah, so these um, beauty, immortality, utility, perfection, goodness, righteousness, truth, wisdom, these were taken from one of Frank Pick's notebooks, um, and it was something that he wrote down, and it, that was very much his... Um, vision for the tube uh, with the um, the little arrows what they're called um, there basically it's saying that everything on the left is, is important but actually everything on the right is kind of even more important but the left also leads into the right and it's it's kind of it's a really interesting vision um, that, that had and I think um, it's safe to say it's something that a lot of transport networks today could learn from um, it's also something that people are forgetting, but also it is something that remains a big part of the ethos of everything that happens, um, certainly within London Underground. Um, like, yes, it's nice to have a beautiful station, but actually immortality is more important to an extent. Like, architecture changes. Yeah, What's yeah, yeah. Now might not be current in, in 10 years' time. And actually, don't necessarily follow the trend. Follow the style, but do something special do something unique and do something memorable and um, we're seeing that in in crossrail for instance a lot yeah, of crossrail stations agreed uh, we've got a bit of sound uh, scratching by the way there um oh, that'll there. Be, I don't know what's is that that that'll be my headphone falling out i do apologize <laughs> um yeah i do i do like this it's always it's always worth um spotting when you go past it in piccadilly circus it's nice uh, not that, not that anyone should ever use piccadilly circus day it's so busy oh my goodness i do do I try and avoid it it's so busy went through there or it was the last time I was there, uh, yeah. but it's nice. It is nice, uh, and, it, and it's an ethos. Yeah, I agreed on everything about the ethos. It's just it's sort of the essence of, of what we should what we strive for in in transportation and, and transportation design, um, and, and and that's including engineering design as well. I think uh, very yeah. much. Um, right. Oh, here we go. Now we're getting so, jazzy. Yes. Um, so the roundel as I think everybody is watching knows, is, is a worldwide recognisable symbol. 
And for many, many, many years, it was very heavily protected. And there was no way at all that you could mess with it. It was for on the underground. It was always the one thing they were told by their bosses. You don't mess with the Randall. You can do pretty much whatever you want, but you can't mess with the Randall. Um, and then in 2014, um, this happened. And it was very controversial at the time. But it was a reimagining of the Roundel in sort of very bright colours at Southwark. And Southwark Station is opposite TFL's current headquarters, or operational headquarters. Mm. The, the business headquarters is now moved to Stratford, but day-to-day -day operations are based from Palestra opposite uh, Southwark Station. Um, so this was a very controversial thing at the time, both both in the business and within um, and within sort of enthusiast circles as well. How how is that allowed? Um, and it was only there for two days. It was that was all they was allowed to be up there for was two days. I didn't actually get to see it. These photos have, have come from my friend David, um, so I'm really grateful for him to to let me use those. But it was, yeah, it, it was very controversial. But it still got the recognizability of what the roundel is. Yeah, um, and it's, it's, this... it's got that position now within within the the kind of the the public psyche that I think you'd be hard-pressed to do enough to... I don't think you, there's enough space on a Randall to do enough to it that it would stop becoming recognisable. I think yes, it's reached that point. Exactly. And, and so this actually then opened the floodgates for... I wouldn't say floodgates, but this has then uh, led the way, paved the path, whatever idiom you want to use, um, for more reimaginings of, of the Randall to happen. And it started off fairly small. Um, this is when we started to allow... Uh, one-off renames of tube stations so it, same year in 2014 um, Canada Water was renamed Buxton Water for the London Marathon as part of a sponsorship scheme um, Westminster became Webminster for two days uh, that was sponsored by Amazon um, obviously famously for the World Cup I think it was two years ago um, Southgate Station became Gareth Southgate Station um, and it's again it's one of those that very much divides opinion I'm I'm all for it because as long as it doesn't, um, as long as it's not a permanent renaming, as long as it's only temporary and as long as it's only at that one station, um, it's then not affecting your actual wayfinding, your actual travel, because yeah. that's very important. Um, but it's also bringing in revenue for TFL. And I think, again, everyone's going to be aware TFL is struggling, I think is the diplomatic way of saying it. Yeah, you can't um, say it, but it, it, I can. The government took away all your money and isn't giving it to you back, which means that London is the only m massive mega city that does not have a state-subsidised transport system, which is completely blinking doolally. You don't have to say that because uh, your employer is, you know. But I, I can. Thanks, yes. George Osborne <laughs> and Boris Johnson, you fools. Um, anyway, there we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, so yeah, so we had those temporary renamings and then... Uh, last year, uh, if we go to the next slide. Oh, yes, uh, I can do that. This happened, um, which was a complete reimagining and jazzing up of the roundels at Westminster Station. So every single roundel um, on the station got one of four different designs. Um, and this was as part of, uh, there was a big um, push last year on using um, artists, uh, artists of colour. Um, black and brown artists from across the world uh, to create things. And this was a very prominent and very um, out there. I'm just going to find my notes on it. There we go. So this is uh, Pan-African Flags for the Relic mm. Travellers by uh, Larry Anchiapong. Um, and it was, yeah, from November 2019 until uh, earlier on this year. 
Um, and the idea behind it was, again, just to reimagine the Roundel, um, but this was a, a permanent installation. So we've gone from Southwark's very bright, very um, loud, to this actually in, in some ways much more subtle. Yeah. Excuse me, still using some of the core colours of the Roundel. We've still got the red in there. We've got the, the sort of the black on yellow um, that tends to be associated with sort of the way out signage. Yes. Um, yeah. But this was a long-term every single roundel in the station from outside to in on every level and it was um again though very subtle it's still recognizable for being the roundel and it's still recognizable for being um telling people the station they're at but it's adding just a splash of color but it's also so subtle um the one just below our our heads or, or just below my head that's taken for a train that's a very small roundel for anyone who's been to not not that small but it's not as big as your normal platform ones so, again, in some cases, you, you could blink and miss it. Mm. But actually, if you saw it, it's, it's there. And it's, again, you get some of the, the purists, both amongst staff, amongst the organization and within, um, within the enthusiast community, who will say, nope, don't like it, it's not allowed to happen. But again, I, I really liked them and I really enjoyed them. And I think that it's um, another really nice way um but yes it, it, as i say it's bringing together the colors both of, of the underground but also sort of the pan-african colors um that go on um in a lot of um cultural um things i'm, I'm not an expert on this particular project or some of the it's wider a, yeah stuff but it came, it came about uh, it was interesting so i don't know whether it was tied into it but it certainly came about at the same time as um uh, history on the underground was putting out the posters about the uh, people from the West Indies who were brought yes. over in huge numbers to bas basically went and scouted by t by London Transport at the time because there's a chronic shortage of skilled people. Um, I, I think a lot of those posters came out, so it, it enriched that. Whether it was unrelated or, or maybe was it just enriched that story a bit. And I love these; they're great. I think yeah, there's a lot of love for these Randalls in the chat at the moment. Actually, it's nice. I'm, hello, everyone in the chat. Lovely to see you all. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people really liking it. I think um, there, there are some people who think that every station should have a unique one. I I think there's a value in the. You need to protect the what people remember as being the standard one because then it makes them stand out more when they're different. I think there's a balance yeah. to be had there. But, but that's. Sorry, carry on. No, 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 but um, but yeah, but I think they're great. I just absolutely love them. The 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 I think I was was I at Westminster when when I saw there's a pride one. In, is it in Westminster now? There's a pride. One of the roundels is now a pride roundel. Um, so think. yeah, so I was going to come on to this. Oh I yeah, to yeah, do, yeah. The next slide was meant to be, and I've forgotten to put the photos in um, because I forgot. Um, every for Pride Month every year for the last th four years. Um, so we're not doing it this year with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, it was there were plans for it. It was going to happen, but it was obviously decided this is not an essential thing to do. So we've got just some posters around instead. Um, but there are a number of gateway stations that will get every Pride Month, every year will get um, a number of different designs of uh, rainbow roundels. Mm -hmm. um, so we tend to do three designs now. We have the um, normal LGBT rainbow flag that everyone knows and loves, um, but we add on the black and the brown stripes yep. to recognize um, uh, black pride as well, which is a huge, uh, black and brown pride, which is a, a, obviously becoming a huge uh, thing, especially with everything going on sort of Black Lives Matter and stuff at the moment. Um, in addition to that, we also then have the trans flag roundel, which is the pink and blue and white mm -hmm. version. Um, and then we've also started doing the bi pride flag roundel. 
um, which is red, pink, uh, purple, pink, and blue. Um, and because there is a lot of um, biphobia within um, the world, full stop, to be fair. Um, and I don't, I'll make up for it. I'm going to look like I'm thrusting towards the camera. I'm not, but I'm wearing, um, I've got oh, two wait, rounds of one. Let me start. press my side. So there we are. Yeah. Ah, lovely. Yeah, the, um, the pride so and the, with the pride with the, the black and brown and then the brown stripes and then trans and then the flag trans as well. Flag, yeah. yeah, and I'll come back to this one later on. Um, so, and these were issued to staff last year um, who are part of sort of the open, uh, the LGBTQ um, staff network group um, who do a lot of stuff to support uh, staff. Um, we tend to lead the um, Pride campaigns every year. So things like in, in previous years, we've done Tottenham Court Road. We've wrapped with rainbow flags. A few years ago, we wrapped a DLR train, um, a Boris bus or new route master, whatever terminology you want to use, uh, and a London taxi as well um, when we were using the Ride with Pride um, thing. Mm. But yeah, so those uh, those roundels are only ever temporary. They'll only ever go up for just over a month generally, but um, they're a huge um, thing. And it's, it's another one of those... I'm thinking of my words carefully because I don't want to get onto the topic that I said I, I promised I wouldn't talk about. And we will get, uh, we will do it at some point. But yeah, we'll, yes, I, I know uh, what you mean. It's going back to what we were saying about the roundels, how actually it's nice just having different ones for a limited edition. By only putting our big roundels up for Pride Month, Pride happens every single day of the year. And there's something going on to do with it every single day of the year. We have um, Trans Awareness Month, um, Bio Awareness Month, Trans Day Remembrance. There's, there's something going on all through the year. And TFL is fantastic at, at supporting these. For instance, for Trans Awareness Week, we fly the Trans Pride flag from the top of 55, or used to fly the top, yeah. uh, the top of 55 Broadway. Um, we're having to find a new location to do that now. But um, we were one of the first organizations to start doing this uh, three years ago. Um, and it's, I think it's very easy if you just put a pride roundel up and leave it there. It's very easy for that to be your... Yeah, to just say, well, we've done that, great. And, and... Whereas by putting them up every year, it means, first of all, we can evolve them because the first mm. pride roundel we did, we only did the six flag rainbow. We didn't have the black and brown stripes. We didn't do trans. We didn't do body. If we had that one up, well, it'd be very easy to go, we're not going to do these extra ones. We don't need to. But actually, we can take them down every year. It doesn't mean pride disappears, but it means that we can go away and have more conversations. Yeah, Did we get it right this year, or is there more that we need to do? And the answer, there's always more we need to do. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I think that's... It's an, active, well, it's an active decision. People have to make the decision. It has to, you know, it, presumably it has to go fairly high up the chain to get a sign-off again, which means that you're getting buy-in from people high up in the organisation. Whereas those people, which means that the people high up in the organisation are still being kept accountable by the fact that they're having to go, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the Pride Randall, yeah, sign yeah. that off, which is good. That's a good thing. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it's, they also make a lot of, um, but all, all of these special Randalls also create a really big social media buzz, which is part of it as well. You'll get people taking selfies with them, sharing photos, using the hashtags. Um, last year's Pride Randalls, for instance, were tied in with sharing um, your journey it was every we used every story matters um as a sort of play on on tfl slogan of every journey matters um to say that what however you identify whoever you are we want to hear your story we want, we want to know how 
you've got to to where you are i think is the right way of saying it um and so for me for instance just to kind of go briefly into it my um my own lgbt journey has gone hand in hand with my career on london underground um and i couldn't imagine it being happened any other way in some ways it made it so much harder dealing with the public um what at the time i worked frontline at king's cross station um lots of negatives lots of negatives but then also an awful lot of positives and an awful lot of um really fantastic uh things and, and opportunities that come from it so like i say the, the opportunity to be involved in flying the trans flag from the top of 55 broadway it's it's uh, it's an amazing experience um and then there's i don't want to spoil what's coming i mean those who actually know me and follow me will will guess what are the projects that's going to be involved um but for those who don't i don't want to spoil it but it's also only affirmed my own love for art on the underground as well um for, for reasons that we'll, we'll come to at the end um but yeah so i think um back to randall's very briefly just to kind of wrap that one up uh somebody asked about are they permanent they're just all stock on transfers they're they're vinyl stickers that just get stuck over and then you peel them off once we're done um so it's very easy to to do um but yeah it's uh, and i think Gareth, you were also making the point, why don't we have a, a special Randall at every station? We don't need to. We don't need a special Randall at every station for reasons that I will also come on to. Mm. Um, some, people have, uh, some people have been talking about it in the chat already, but uh, we, every station has something. Every yeah, station yeah. already has a unique thing. I mean, so, yeah, there are lots of variations of the traditional Randall through age and yeah. per time of installation and all sorts. Anyway, right. Uh, that was that was no, no well that was um, it's important that that was a really important part yes. of the, the whole thing I think so uh, no d d don't want to go through that at any um, unnatural pace but we do have thirteen minutes left so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's fine I've, I've got to I've got to go somewhere did I not did I not tell oh, you I've got to be I'll just leave me with the slides I'll just spitball <laughs> it it's fine ah uh, oh, here we go again oh yeah these are nice actually these maquettes. Uh, we've moved on. Oh, that's I haven't moved on to the maquettes. This is why this is why I do the sharing. Thank you. Yes. Here are the maquettes. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So this is a closer look of what I was talking about earlier, and this was part of what we called um, the Central Line series. So, um, and if I'd done this correctly, there was going to be a sort of a narrative of taking a journey on the tube, but Ooh. we've not done that, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but this, yeah, so this was um, from 2000, 2011, I apologise, I said it was the wrong time earlier, Michael Landy, Acts of Kindness, and this was part of the Central Line series, um, which was a, a series of projects dedicated to the Central Line. Um, there, were, uh, there was a little book published, there were some sto short stories written. Um, Art on the Underground is really big on outreach, it's not just about putting something on a station and getting on with it, it's about engaging staff, it's about engaging community, um, we do a lot of education pro. I say we aren't on the underground. Do a lot of education. I'm an honorary member of the team. The team call me an honorary member, so I can say we. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, it's a really um, diverse project, and and sort of these stickers, um, sort of set with the other self motif. There were stickers that started appearing all over the network, um, on set, well, all over Central Line stations on the network, and it was, it was one of the less explained um, projects, which I think as well is why a lot of people look at this and, and ask what it's about. And it, it gets a lot of hate, this project, because it's now almost 10 years old. People have forgotten the exact reason, exactly what it's about. Mm. But it's, 
it's just about promoting be aware of the people around you does somebody need help does somebody need your seat does somebody need a hand getting on or off the train say hello to someone when you're not wearing your face mask smile at someone (laughs) it's a really simple little thing that's just thought-provoking and it's something that i really love again about aren't the underground is we do these grand you'll cover an entire station with round doors or you'll have huge sculptures on the side of stations which tend to have sort of interpretive panels nearby or are very easily searchable on the internet but then we'll do something like this which is not on every central line train it's not on every carriage it's on a handful um sadly as maquette wears away they they won't get replaced so it is something that eventually will disappear completely from Mm. the network but there isn't a panel on the train to say exactly what it is it's one of those a lot of people won't notice it a lot of people will sit down on it someone might be sat down on it you're sat opposite them and then once they get off you then notice it it's ever changing it's ever evolving Mm. and it's something that just i i really connect to sort of my own underground journey um of just being kind and and getting people involved and um treating everyone else as as you want to be treated and i'll speak a little bit more about this uh a little later on um i think but yeah it's it's just something that i i really like and it always is thought-provoking when someone uploads a picture of this having seen it on their journey what is this what this all about and it it gets a really nice conversation going usually Hmm. um yeah so let's see what oh here we go so uh, yeah, we spotted one of these earlier. These are the Victoria Line yeah. ones. I love that these are the ones that... So I point these out to Dina when, when we travel. Um, uh, that was my, like, nerd, arty nerd thing that I pointed out to Dina. And, and they are good fun, these. Yes. Um, so this is the idea, again, around how every now and then the Underground will do... Um, uh, Art and the Underground will do programmes around a specific line. So what we just saw, that was the Central Line series. This one was part of the very construction of the, the Victoria Line. This was um, part of the design of the Victoria Line, if you like. Mm. And it's it's very interesting. So they got lots of contemporary artists from the time to create a unique motif for every station on the Victoria Line, something that would explain what the station is. Some of them are very obvious. Some of them take a little bit more thinking about. Some of them are puns on the, the station's name. Some of them are very tangential think is, is yeah. yeah i'm trying to work out some um, of these and I, i'm scratch, scratching my chin for quite a few of them yes I'll, I'll i will tell everyone what they all are if i can remember what they all are um but it's the other really nice thing about these is they hark back to some of the earliest days some of the yerkes tube lines the, the piccadilly line the um northern line the bakerloo line and the unique tile designs. So I I haven't included a slide on these because it's a bit too out of scope, I think, of what we're doing. Mm. But certainly go and look them up. And if you want a book recommendation, um, Tiles of the Underground by Douglas Rose will tell you everything you need to know about them. But it was turn turn of the 20th century. There was not a huge amount of literacy in London. Lots of people couldn't necessarily read, um, but people needed to get to places. And one of the things that um, was done by Leslie Green uh, one of the famous tube designer, a tube architect. Every station was given a unique tiling pattern. So they all had the same theme. They all connected together, but they used different colours. They used slightly different styles. And the idea was is that if you couldn't read, you could look out the window and you would see, oh, this is the station with the blue tiles, or this is the one with the brown tiles. And so you knew that it was where you were going to get off. And this is a modern take on that theme, is that nowadays literacy levels not as much as of, of a concern. But 
1960s underground, very forward-thinking Victoria Line, first automatic railway on the, the underground, um, properly putting into place, like, it was the first time we, we had the modern concept of transport design. Um, the di uh, design research unit, Misha, uh, Misha Green, um, did a lot of work for London Underground, as, uh, for, sorry, for British Rail as well. Um, and this is what these tied into, was to give every station a recognisable feature that you didn't have to read the station name. If you saw one of these, you knew instantly where you were. So to run quickly through the ones I can remember, bottom right, I think everyone can work that mm -hmm. one out, Victoria. Victoria yeah. um, top right, Warren Street, um, which is a maze. Um, if anybody has lots of free time to spare, um, not at the moment, don't make an unnecessary journey right now, but if you go down to Warren Street, one of these is not like any other. So this maze is solvable. You can start at one end or the other and you can get all the way through. <laughs> one of them, you cannot finish. Um, and so it's not naughty. It was, it was accidental. One of the tiles has been transposed. Um, and <laughs> Um, it means that you, you can't get from A to B, and I just I find it. And that's now part of the that's now part of it, isn't it? It's yeah, become part it's, of it. I love yeah, that. It's been like it. So I can never remember which one it is. But if you've got lots of time, and after the pandemic is out of the way, go and do it. Um, next to that one, very obvious one, Seven Sisters. The mm. station comes from Seven Trees, um, the, the Seven Sisters trees. So that's that. Uh, below it, we've got Stockwell. Um, it's meant to be a sort of a jazzy swan. I don't, I can't remember oh, the Oh yeah, you can see its face. Nice, yeah, okay. um, Top left, Oxford Circus, we've already spoken about. I can't remember what the other three are on this, uh, other four are on this slide. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over them. We'll go to the next slide. Yeah, we'll the next... let's do it. Oh, here we uh, are. So this one, well, top left there is nice and obvious. Um, Highbury and Islington. Um, far right, I love this one. Brixton, yeah. ton of bricks. Yeah, that's good. Brilliant. Um, bottom right is um, King's Cross with a cross of, of kings. Cross of kings. Um, and, and then the East. left one is Euston, yeah, um, which I know is a structure that you have very strong opinions on. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's fine. Leave it where it was. I, I don't mind. I don't mind that it got bulldozed. It's a shame we didn't keep it, but I'd, I'm not too upset about it being demolished. Time moves on. Exactly. Um, and then I can't remember the other two. So again, I'm sure people, the, people are working on yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, they're brilliant. They're, they're really good fun. Um, wait a minute. Who's who's yellow dotted one? That's yeah. There are people. People are very confused. Oh, where, which one was Tottenham Hale? Which one was that? Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, golly. I have no idea. I've no idea. Let's 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 let people can so people can, on the can come back on the video and hunt it out. Yeah. <laughs> if you just if, if you want to know what they are, VictoriaLineTiles.co.uk. Um, it's just a website dedicated to all of them, and it will tell you what they all are. So um, I've got in fact go back. I've got, I've got it up now. So I'll just I'll point them all out. So the bottom center uh, voxel. Um, I can't remember. I'm not going to explain what they are. I'll just no, tell you where hammer through them. Yeah, hammer um, through them. Middle left is uh, Pimlico. Um, Victoria, we've done. So, go forward to the next slot. I should have just put them in an order. That would be far more sense. Um, the bottom centre, Green Park. That okay. Makes sense. Um, Oxford Circus, we did. Warren Street, we did. Euston, we did. King's Cross, we did. Top left, Highbury and Islington. Uh, Finchley Park is the one with the, the, uh, the guns. Ah, and the guns, yeah. yeah. Um, and then if we go back again to the other one, uh, Tottenham Hale, bottom left, um, which makes mm. sense when you think about it. Um, I haven't included Black Horse Road. Apparently, I haven't put that one in, but that's a Black Horse 
um, yeah. to speak about Black Horse Road a little bit later on, so we'll come back to that. Um, and then the uh, right centre is Waltham South Central. Ah. I mean, there's some fairly sideways references, I think, in some of these. But anyway, right, let's hop on to... Oh. Uh, ooh. So this is now um, the modern version of um, the Victoria Line project. And this was um, all part of a project called Underline. Um, and this is where the props come in. So I have leaflets. Oh, nice. Um, oh, oh, nice. So Underline was a really ambitious project um, to celebrate the history of the underground, uh, of um, the history of the Victoria Line. It was in conjunction with the 50th anniversary. Um, and it was one of the most ambitious projects I think Art on the Underground have ever done. It ran for about two years, two to three years, um, and there was there were live music performances at stations. So, that was the poster that fell down there. Um, oh, yeah. There were um, sample sets put together. People were encouraged to go and download sound effects from the underground and create music based on um, based on these sounds from the Victoria Line. Um, there was a, a live performance at Kings Cross Station um, of local artists, but all of these artists travelled different ways and came from different stations, playing their music on board trains to so all come together into this big orchestral piece at Kings at, um, at Kings Cross. Um, in this image, in the the top left and the centre, we've got um, a new series of tile work that were commissioned mm. um, as part of there were there were refurbishment works going on at. Um, Hybrid, uh, not Hybrid Islington, Black Horse Road, Victoria, and Vauxhall. And they had these unique tiling designs created. If anybody really likes them, you can go and buy them from the Art on the Underground website. There's a limited edition set available, um, all individually hand-fired. Um, so top left photo as well, that's uh, Eleanor Pinfield, the head of Art on the Underground, um, giving a tour uh, of some of these um, features and some of these uh, exciting things um, to see. Um, there were oyster wallets commissioned yeah. um, with uh, this sort of new design linking in to the Victoria Line seating pattern, which you, you can see in the pictures, but then also um, with a new design as well to fit into it. And it was just, it was a really almost ingenious kind of, of project. Um, and I'm just going to wheel back a second. So talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves, everyone. It's fine. We're, we're, we're on top of this. <laughs> Um, I, like, I do like those designs. I do love flat, intricate, uh, repeat designs. They're just very, very pleasing. Had a series of, of oh, wait a minute. Let me go big. Let me go big. Hold it up again. Oh, okay. um, So a series of posters were created to um, celebrate sort of the initial features. So Black Horse Road Station has got a Black Horse sculpture outside it. Um, and it's sort of... This is all of what Ottoman Brand does. It's not just about creating new things, but it's also remembering. So, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. Black Horse Road Station, as it first opened in um, 1968, uh, for instance, it's it's one of these, as I say, really ambitious projects that just incorporates so many different elements, medias, formats, artists, and. If you spoke about it, like I, I remember speaking to, to the team about this in kind of the very early days, and all of them were like, when 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 it was first there, everyone hearing about it, it was like, this is this is mad. This is so huge and such a huge scale. How are we going to achieve this on a transport network? Um, but it is. It's it's turned the Victoria Line. It's taken the heritage. It's taken everything that 
was set out to be achieved by the design research unit added a modern take to it we had a new um and there's the leaflet so this one here like design work leisure mm. um which is what this this suite of work was done it, it's inspired by the original work of the design research unit but then it's a modern twist and it's using contemporary artists of the the 20 teens um rather than contemporary artists of, of the 1960s and it's um yeah, it's fantastic. And, and there was a lot of outreach as well with this. Seven Sisters Station, there was an abandoned um, kiosk just outside the entrance um, as part of the design work leisure and under, underlying program. Um, this was turned into a local art collective and first of all was used um, to help actually create um, some of the tiles and, and some of the artworks and now is a, a local independent coffee shop. Um, and this was a very disused part of the network. It was a bit of an eyesore on Seven Sisters Fire Road. But now it's this vibrant, um, local, important part of, of the network. Just, it just elevates it, doesn't it? You know, it just adds, yeah. adds a bit of energy. It gives a bit of local interest. Local but people can have a bit of kind of pride in their little uh, local. It's, it's great. It's, it's uh, you know, it creates little Absolutely. and big interconnected communities. Um, we've we've blasted through our hour, so uh, sorry everyone who's who's um, enduring, but uh, we're enjoying ourselves. So you yes. know, stick with us. Um, I mean, if I was being clever, we'd have like a five minute break and let people go and have tea. But actually, in reality, it just means that that's five minutes of silence for the poor people who listen to this as a podcast. So yeah. uh, we shall press on. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, let's 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 uh, pick up a bit of pace. And we sh as we yes. uh, I don't know how far uh, we're probably not doing too badly, actually. I don't know. I have we no way right. of seeing how we're doing slides wise. But anyway, uh, right. I've moved on. And here cool. we are. So this is the tube map. Um, and this is the latest December 2019 tube map. For everyone asking, um, there is not going to be a May 2020 tube map. There was going to be a May 2020 tube map. There is now not going to be a May 2020 tube map, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, the artwork that was commissioned for it will appear. Everything's just getting rolled back. All of the 2020 commissions are on hold at the moment. Um, there are some very exciting things in this year's programme. Um, you will get to see them all just not quite as soon, I think, as, as everybody hoped. Um, but yeah, so... I have some very strong opinions on various tube map covers. Um, and it just so happens I have every tube map issued in the last 16 years in my hand. Um, <laughs> so, um, as you do. Oh, so, yeah, that's um, fine. Yeah. And I figured it was easier to do it this way than put in a picture of every single one. Um, so the very first sort of platform for art commission as it was, and this was the tube map cover is a series in itself. This is one of the biggest projects that are on the Underground 2. Every six months, we have a new artist creating a new tube map cover. And some of them take some sort of eh, and some of them actually are really, really clever. And it's all in, like, it's all down to your individual um, I was going to say, everyone, yeah, some, some of them, it's like, yeah, some of them I, I, I stand out vividly and I've kept the ones that I really like. And others, they're, they're, it is what it is, you know, and the reality is that'll be different for loads of different people. And that's what's yeah. good about it. Exactly. Um, so up until about 2004, um, TFL started using, or, or London Underground, London Regional Transport, whatever version, um, started using pre-existing artwork. That was how the whole Art on the Underground program started. It was a, a platform for art. That was why it was what it was called at the moment. It was for pre-existing artworks to be displayed to a, a wide audience. So the very first one we had... Um, is the tube map created in um, paint, in, in acrylic paints. Um, I really love this one. I have this as a, as a full-size print. Um, I just I think it's really, really clever. Mm. Um, but that was 
that's sort of the start of the series, but not really because it was a pre-existing piece of art. The first actual tube up cover was this one here, which is sort of a, a bullseye target, and it's got all of the tube, tube line covers. I really like this one. It's very subtle. It's very um, clever, but each to their own. Um, I am going to show you every one, but I'm not going to talk about every single one because we would be here all day. Um, I don't get this one. This was the second one. I don't really get it. It's, again, got tube, tube line colours. It's a bit naff. So we'll cut over it. I love this one. David Shrigley. This was just simply called the tube map. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's, it, it's just all the different line colours are in there, and it's a really clever way of showing what was going on. This is another really clever one. I can't remember the name of it, unfortunately, but it's every... Um, it's a world map with the colours of the tube and I think it's just a metaphor for what the underground and indeed London is it's people from all over the world coexisting and being Londoners and we'll, we'll speak a bit more about that a little bit later on as well um, Friday 18th of January 1863 the day the world changed the day the underground opened so it's every line colour with um, the words very, very thought provoking very obvious um, but also a little bit boring, to be honest. I oh, see. I love that one. I like it. I love the simplicity of it. I th it's really, it is really simple. And it's definitely one of my favourites, but it's a little bit boring, I think. Um, a man in a chair. We won't talk about another white man in transport because we need less of them. Um, <laughs> another weird one. Don't really get it. You know, if you came here for quality, like serious art chat, you're not getting it. This one was really interesting. This was the first time that we moved away from sort of using the underground colours and went for something very simple and just what's more like an RAF target. There is a story behind it, um, but it's something that the readers can go, or the watchers and the listeners can go and do for themselves. So for anyone on the podcast, because I appreciate you won't necessarily see this, this one is called, because it's easier to look at the map than look it up. Uh, if I remember which bit of the map it's on. This is Going Underground by Mark Wallinger, and it was in 2008, and it's, it is essentially the RAF roundel. Um, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a reason why it happened. Um, you can go and look it up yourself. It is quite an interesting tale, but we don't need to go into it here. Um, but Mark Wallinger, remember the name? They're very significant. We'll be coming back to them soon. October 2008, we got this jazzy design, um, starting to bring more culture um, and all the rest of it. I, again, I really enjoy it. I'm not going to go into the story. There was a, a guitar on a person's back, you know, all the line colours, nice and simple. I'm, I'm whizzing through these. So um, this one was really clever, a reimagining of central London, but with various, like, different words. So if I actually just do that so I can read it at the same time, we've got things like memory, joy, envy, doubt. And these were one word that people thought to describe their tube experience. Um, or things that happened on the tube, or things like that. And it's it's very clever. It's very, very clever. Another simple one, just with the tube line colours. I just I love the variety. Yeah, there's the map again on the hand. Nice. Yeah. Um, a spotty globe. Spotty globe. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that one as well. Um, this was sort of a hand-drawn tube map with some oh, yeah. birds and things. I, I, I quite like that one, actually. It's quite clever. Mm. Um and then we get into the sort of the 150th anniversary design. So these ones are all quite significant. Again, you can look up yourself, oh, but we had sort of some, some patterns. Um, another globe, slight yeah. variation on the theme. Um, some flowers all in the tube, tube line color. I need to hold this actually, there we go. Um, 
Now we come to my favourite. This is my all-time favourite. It was there. It fell down. It fell down. Yeah. Um, this is called Whole of London, and it's genius. So the tube map covers the whole of London, or the whole of London that's covered by the tube. And these are some holes in the tube map. But if you open up the tube map, the hole's oh, perfect. You line up. Nice. I do like that. Just, That's good. It's, it's absolutely genius. For, for the benefit of our listeners and not viewers. Uh, yeah, that, that it, it is the tube map with uh, white. It's like Emmental. No, yeah, Emmental tube map. And then you, you move the first cover and the and the, it's, it's lined up perfectly. And you have, it's, it's a nice little trick. It's good. I like yeah. that. So this was this is 2014's um, Whole of London by Rachel Rachel White Reed. Very difficult name to say. Um, number 2014 tube map. I will always remember this one because this was the tube map that was current when I started working for London Underground. So this is the one that was in the station. This is the one I stopped in the leaflet maps. Much um, blue and red. Of, <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's it's lots of different roundels just sort of interlinking together. If I try and hold it oh, up yeah. a bit, you yeah, can see nice. it all a bit more at the bottom. Um, this one is a timepiece, fancy timepiece, and a tunnel. Don't really get it. I like this one. It's very simple. Just some mm. lines coming off a page. Mm. Um, this is a controversial one. It's an eye. Oh, it's an eye. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And then in uh, August 2016, something remarkable happened. And we're not going to get into it because we could talk for days about it. But the night tube launched. Um, and this was the first tube map for... Uh, 12 years to not feature an art on the underground project on it and they did uh two of these um as sort of the launch ones and these were the temporary ones so this was just with the initial launch of the central and jubilee uh, central and victoria lines and then we added jubilee line on to that yeah and then in december 2016 we got the full launch of the night tube um, and then we got a new tube map cover and this again is another of my absolute favorites it is i'll go that way on the wall there. Oh, yeah, there it is. Nice. Um, and this is basically cross-sections of lots of different tubes. Um, helps if I hold it the right way around. Um, so we've got, like, we've got cables. We've oh, got yeah. pipes. We've got uh, cylindrical foods. I was say, that it's looks another, like a, a courgette. Yeah, it's another really... <laughs> um, and this was by an artist called Samara Scott. And as I say, I really, I really, really love it. And all of these are on the Art on the Underground website. So if you want to have a look at more of them... Um, you can go onto the Art of the Underground website. We also had uh, this one called Metropolitan Diamond, um, which I really like. It's very jazzy. It harks back to the old seating maquette of mm. the Metropolitan Line trains after refurb in nineteen in the early 1990s, before I was born, just to make some people feel old. Um, this one I love. This is basically child's handwriting. Um, I know where I go, four steps and then out, one stop and change, out next stop, standing or sitting. I won't read them all, but it's the idea of a, of a young child navigating the tube and how there's this notion certain within London and people growing up that if you do get lost and separated, you sort of get educated how to get home. Um, and it's it was a really thought-provoking one. Um, and it's called Out Next out next stop by Lily Vanderstocker, and mm -hmm. I, I really, I thought that was very thought-provoking. That's, that's nice. This one is terrifying, um, but it's got a great story behind it, um, and it is a, um, it, it's a painting of a stuffed chimpanzee thing, which was left on the tube years ago, and has become the mascot of the London Transport Lost Property Office. <laughs> um, 
and so for this commission, the artist looked through the archives of, of the Lost Property Office and, and found the mascot and, and painted it. And it's it's genius, but also terrifying. Um, we're nearly done. January 2018 and the Nightshade version. Lovely. Quick question. Well, before we get to the next one, quick question yes. from Matt Reed, who's asking, um, uh, is the station on the poster behind you uh, Holborn? Is it Holborn behind you? Yes. Yes, Good. here we are. Continue. Well That's it. Continue. Um, I love this one. This is Pink Triangles. Oh, like actually that. called Pink Game of Forms um, in 2018. I really like this one. It's another just doesn't really say or do anything. It's just quite pleasing to the eye. Um, Nighttube continued with its theme of sort of more classical style painting. Don't like it. This one I'm going to speak very briefly about, and then we're going to come back to it because it's a part of a larger project. This was the um, December 2018 tube map. This is of huge personal significance to me. We will know why. It is a uh, woman eating a pair of lips um, a very, by a very talented artist called Linda, and this was part of the Boa of Bliss, which we will talk about in great detail. I say great detail, we're running late, so we won't talk about it in that much detail, but we will talk about it. Um, and then the Night Tube version, um, and then we come on to... I'm going to say the current two because everything is a bit all over the place. May 2019, December 2019, you'll find both of these out and about at the moment because um, that way, that way, there we go. So in Grandma's Dream, this map would always be with you and would resist the passing of time and then more than the current one. So that's a, a short rundown of tube maps. Um, and I am going to say this publicly. Um, if anybody has any designs from the last 10 years they particularly want to add to their collection, anything like that, jump on Twitter, tweet me. I have loads. Um, and I was very grateful to be sent missing ones by friends. So if anybody wants one, I can't guarantee I've got the one you want. But if you do want a tube map, let me know. Top tip I'll drop for the collectors. Price. Yeah, no, no problem. Thanks, thanks yeah. Charlie. Cool. Right. Let's crack on. Yes. We, I mean, we've got Daniel's asking the obvious question, which is... Um, uh, but it's also a, it's a rather cliche question. But Daniel, don't worry, I will ask it at the end. We'll 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 hold it to the end. We're going to hold questions now until we get through yes. a couple of slides because I think we're um, we need to, we'll do some catching up. Um, so yes, I'm being I am being short. So this was art for everyone every day, and we'll talk about this one really briefly. Um, this was to celebrate the 15th anniversary of Art on the Underground in 2015, um, and was a Network-wide project wasn't anything new. It was just lots of old things celebrating what had gone on. Um, so there were a series of Oyster wallets created. Um, this at the top was at Gloucester Road, the, the, the position along the top. Um, so each of diff the different designs. So we'll have spotted some of them. To, uh, Wednesday and Friday, tube map covers. Thursday's Labyrinth, which we'll be talking about. Um, the Oyster wallets had slightly different variations as well. Um, bottom left, Stratford Station, art for everyone every day. That was the slogan. And it's it's this idea I've been saying all the way through, which is that you don't have to be an art fan to enjoy art on the underground. You don't have to know anything about art. But if you use the tube every single day, you will almost certainly see something related to art on the underground. Mm. And I just think that that's fantastic. And I was I have another prop, so um, just to be warn you. I love these. Fun. I just absolutely love these. I think they're so... Such a crisp, clear um, design. I just, I think they're, they're just, it's just really, really nice bit of graphic design. Really, and of course, it. It, it's yeah, and it's worth mentioning as well on the the, the bit along the top, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, the text is all within um, Johnson font, which obviously the, the font of TFL itself, a piece of art, quite to mm. be honest. Um, 
So one of the things I was also asked to do, one of my earliest sort of linking in with um, art on the underground um, was I was asked to speak about my favourite piece of art. So this is going to answer the question actually uh-huh. directly. Nice one, Daniel. Um, but um, so Time Out published, uh, wanted to do a piece basically on what was going on. So this Time Out magazine. And it was all about things going on. So three London Underground staff were asked about their favourite pieces of work. Um, and I was, as I say, I was very fortunate to be um, one of them. So I will put this on my Twitter um, so people can actually read it. I've got a digital version, so we'll just do it quickly. But we have me in... I'm, for those who don't know, I'm gender fluid. So some days there's, there's Charlie, female, and some days there's, there's Jack, who is male, which will explain some of what's coming. Um, so this is me as a CSA at King's Cross on this side. There we go. Um, with the Labyrinth at King's Cross. So Labyrinth was a 2013 artwork. We will be talking about it. I think it's the next couple of slides. Um, and yeah, I just I, I explain a little bit about why it means so much to me. The thing I love about this article and it's, it's perfect, and it sums up art on the underground to a T, and it wasn't deliberate, it was not deliberate at all. The person here, this is my old manager from when I worked on stations, um, and his favourite artwork is one of the ones at King's Cross, and it's, it's something we will touch on very briefly for this exact reason. And I was also asked, is there any art on the underground that makes me scratch my head? And it's that one. Um, yeah, my manager has cited it as his favourite one, and I just... It, it's so perfect because it says that actually we all have different tastes and we all like different things. And there's me saying, I love this one. I don't like this one. And my manager saying how amazing that yeah. one was. So I just, it, it, I thought it was really perfect. And as like not planned, no one thought that was going to happen, but when it did happen, it was just, it was, it was fantastic. So yeah. Uh, and we should, so we have, Oh, Oh, there's a black. Okay. Is there a video or is it just a... Uh, oh, crikey. Oh, no, there should be a photo there. So this should be... The, the one in the middle should be wrapper, um, which I will hold this Oyster wallet up instead and we will use we this. Um, yeah. So this is... I, I mentioned this one at the very start and this is a, a enamel panelling that covers a bulk supply point substation at Edgware Road. Um, this is a work that at first I did not really understand. It's very pretty, it's very nice, but it's just some patterns on the side of a building. And then I started working at Edgware Road Signal Cabin, which is directly opposite it. And it's a shame the photo's not working because that was the view that I had from the Signal Cabin every oh, day for yeah. 18 months. Um, and it's another one of those that's really subtle. You wouldn't notice it unless you looked up for it. And you might look across the track. If you're, if you're ever stood at Edgware Road going either around the circle line or towards Hammersmith, just look to the side. You'll see a siding. If there's a train there, you'll need to look above the train. If there isn't a train there, you can just look straight forward. Um, and it, it's beautiful. Like, it's really subtle, but it's really beautiful. And it's, it's one that I got a lot of appreciation for um, at 2 o'clock in the morning when all the trains had finished and I'd finished doing all the admin work. I'd just go and sit on the steps by the signal cabin and and drink my tea looking at it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. But yeah, um, crack on. Yeah, so we're... Uh, we're here we are. Gloucester yes, Road. So this shows, I think, how ridiculous art on the underground can be sometimes. So there's, there's three pieces here. We've got um, top left, the panda. This is Life is a Laugh by Brian Griffiths. And this is one of the, the first, a very early art on the underground 
um, one, and it was a 70-meter uh, sculpture with this giant panda, and it was just there. And this, this <laughs> was a photo of, of whilst it was being done. Um, but it's, it, it, I don't know, it's, it's, yeah, I never got to see this one in situ, but it really shows off the scale. And then either side of it, um, so to it, to the, the right and then to the bottom, we've got um, uh, My Name is Letty Eggsy Rub, which is this egg one I was mentioning earlier. And it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. bright and vibrant. And then um, you can see the screen. There was a, a looping screen that went round as though you were in a video game um, and a child's imagination. It's it's it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's it, great. It, it's amazing. And then quite uh, a different in, contrast of the, well, this, the elephant in Waterloo, right? This is the elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is at Waterloo. This was gifted to uh, the Underground many, many years ago um, and has very recently been taken away and, and installed. This is by the entrance to the Jubilee line. Mm. I can't remember the full story behind it. Um, I'm very bad. I should have memorized it. But um, yeah, it's another one of those things that so many people walk past. Waterloo goes between the top three busiest tube stations every year. Like it'll either be one, two or three. So many people use this mm. every year, and so many people just don't notice it. It's, it, yeah, it, it's it's fascinating, but it just shows the breadth as well of of what art on the underground encompasses. It's one Over, I see. It's one I see an awful lot. So when I'm diving down, so um, not so much recently, even pre-COVID, I was sort of not not in London quite as much with work, but um, working for the Grail in Waterloo General Offices and. Um, and yeah, I'd be seeing this one on my way back north to York, so I'd disappear off down in, or uh, and uh, just yeah. So this is probably the piece of art that I'd see most regularly, the piece of kind of sculpted art. And uh, yeah, I love it. It's um, it's really nice. It's a really nice piece. Good. It's textural. It's it's um, it's like Corten steel, isn't it? It's so it's lots yeah. of it's a little stamped steel. So it's it's really quite nice. It looks particularly elephantine in that photo, actually. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Anyway, right, sorry. Right. That's all right. <laughs> Time. Oh, you're, you're the one telling me to yeah. press on now. Right, here we go. Um, so there's this also shows the, the, the diversity of Art on the Underground. So um, the two to the right-hand side, um, over the last few years, Art on the Underground have started to go do more digital um, stuff. So No Them, Only Us, this was part of the London is Open campaign in very topical. It was done uh, just after the Brexit vote um, to basically say, London is open, whoever you are, wherever you come from. Um, and a, a series of artists were commissioned. So this was at Canary Wharf. And these were some brand new screens that were put in place for advertising. They're mm. huge. If you've not been to Canary Wharf, you need to. Like, photos don't do them justice. They are huge. But the first few months, they were exclusively there for Art in the Underground. And there was a looping series of, of work from the London is Open campaign um, going round. Um, above that, we've got D Retouch, um, a 20... 16 campaign digital only um, they did do some posters but primarily it was there and it was all about um how advertising is very airbrushed very what you want to see what you expect to see and this was the idea let's strip away that retouching let's de-retouch um and so there was there was video there was um static posters all used on like the escalator advertising screens and it just would run in between the normal adverts that you see alongside stations um if you go onto the art on the underground website art.tfl.gov.uk you can you can watch sort of the full loop there mm. um, but this appeared at, at every station that has these digital screens um and it was the first sort of proper digital project that that art on the underground had done so it's all about embracing um the new 
technology as well. Uh, McNamara 68, this was a uh, underground wide campaign. Uh, every station got one of these designs. Um, there's a lot of these campaigns that go around that will be temporary sort of poster campaigns with every station getting blasted with it. And some of them will be identical, some will be a, a little bit different. Um, this was part of the underlying uh, campaign that I was speaking about earlier, but expanded to the entire tube network so everyone had one of these. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally on the bottom left, this was one of the most thought-provoking projects I think Art in the Underground has ever done. Um, and this was at, at King's Cross Station. It was a video that had been filmed and was on display from a, a screen that was temporarily hung. Um, it was called uh, The Bureaucracy of Angels by Brimberg and Chanarin. Um, and it was late 2017. And it was all about the demolition of migrant boats in Sicily. So these were um, boats that had been seized by the authorities that migrants had come in on. Um, and it was a film all about the destruction of them and looking into some of the reasons why. And it was a very, I, I can't think of the right words, but it, it was very thought provoking and, and very juxtaposed, I, I think, between these machines demolishing these boats, but also then some of the real human stories mm. behind how these people have got there. And does it have any relevance to London? Not, not hugely, no, but actually it does because it also is there about, well, what is an immigrant? Who is an immigrant? Everyone's an immigrant to a point at some somewhere in somebody's life, they probably immigrated. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a very, very thought provoking thing. But um, and obviously King's Cross also links into the Eurostar. And this was King's Cross Station and, and all of that sort of thing as well. So it was a very interesting piece. Um, but it's also... Um, another one of showing the challenges of, of working in an operational system. This had sound that goes with it. It needed to be able to be played so that people could hear it, but it couldn't interrupt station announcements. It couldn't affect the, the flow and the operation of the station. The logistical challenges of this were um, phenomenal, but they made it happen. And it, I, it, that's just testament to um, Art and the Underground's team of, of curators and um, sort of administrators for, for making this stuff happen. Um, and again, if you want to watch the film, it is available on the Art the Underground website. Um, it's yeah, we've we've got. Uh, I'll hold it until the end. I'll hold it until the end. But we've got some interesting points being raised in the chat. Um, cool. Uh, next one. Yeah. Um, Labyrinth right. project. Yeah. Uh, we're slowing down. I'm just going to briefly pause and just say a little bit more about London is open, because um, there should have been a slide in there, but I forgot to do it. So London is open. This was a series of artworks, as I mentioned, done um, following the 2018 20. When was it? Whenever it was. That vote. That vote that none of us talk about. That thing. Um, and this was a very controversial um, topic uh, at the time because it was sort of... The, uh, so as, as I explained at the beginning, Art on the Underground is part funded by TfL, part funded by uh, the Mayor's Office and part funded by external bodies. And there was a lot of drama as to should Art on the Underground be pushing... An ideology, I think, is, is again, the, the, the best way I can put it. And actually, I think, personally, yes, um, because this ideology is actually London is open. It's not about anything more than that. It's just everyone is welcome in this city. Everyone can use the tube. Everyone can come and be who they want to be. 
I grew up in London. I'm I'm London through and through, but I wouldn't be who I am without London. Um, and I think that's so incredibly important. And I think it was so great that Art on the Underground thought about that and got some of the leading artists um, together. And um, one of the really thought-provoking ones as well that went into poster form and also badge form um, is this idea of London and on and on and on and on. And it's kind of that whatever happens in the world, London will always be London and Londoners will always be Londoners. We think back at some of the tragedies of the Tube, uh, the King's Cross Fire, 7-7, um, they've shaped the network we know today, undeniably. But we carry on and we learn and we grow and we continue and, and the underground will always be there and will always be a constant. So, yeah, again, another one that is very divisive, I think it's safe to say, but gets a conversation going. And for me, I'm not, I'm not a traditional art person. I don't go to art galleries. I don't go and look at paintings. But actually, it gets a conversation going. I think that's incredibly important. So, yeah, we can now go back to the slides. Back to, wait a minute, here we are. I have buttons. There we are. Um, yeah, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. So this this is objectively my favourite art on the Underground project. <laughs> um, this was commissioned in 2013 for the 150th anniversary of the Tube Network. And it was a... Um, 270 individual pieces of art, one for every station on the network except Bank and Monument to the same station, but we won't go into that now. Um, and it was created by an artist called Mark Wallinger. Mark Wallinger lives in Chig uh, lives and grows up in Chigwell, so on the Tube Network. Very appropriate artist to use, um, deals with lots of media. You'll remember he did one of the um, Tube maps we mentioned earlier on. Art on uh, Labyrinth ties into the core identity and values of what London Underground is about. There's many different interpretations of it. There's many different reasons for it. But the Underground is known for its vibrant, vitreous enamel signage, for instance. The Randalls, the yeah, yeah. wayfinding signage. These are all done within vit vitreous enamel, but they strip back the colour down to just this single solitary red cross, um, which is here, which you don't need to make it big for because people should see it, but it's it's just there. And okay. it was this idea of every station should have a piece of art and every station now has a piece of art. They're not all on display at, at once um, because station upgrades happen and things like that and we don't want to have them damaged or, or lost. Um, so they do come down from time to time, but every station has a unique design. And again, they're all on the Art on the Underground website. And it's just... It, it's genius is the only way I can describe it. It's absolutely genius because I, my reading of it, it's basically a metaphor for the tube network itself. Mm -hmm. The difference between a labyrinth and a maze, a labyrinth, a, a maze has got multiple wrong ways, multiple backtracks. You, you'll get to a dead end, you'll turn around and you'll come back. A labyrinth is a single solitary path that will go all the way through and it'll twist and it will turn and it'll go round and round, but you'll get to where you're going. And it's a metaphor for the tube network because you get on, you go to where you're going and you get off. And millions of people, not, not at the moment, but millions of people use the Tube Network a year. And everyone has got different reasons for their journey. They're from different backgrounds. They're going to different places. But ultimately, they're all doing the same thing. They're all traveling somewhere and they're all going from A to B. And I just I think it's such a beautiful metaphor for what the, the, the um, Tube Network is about because every labyrinth is different but they're all the same. They've all got the big red X to show the yeah, starting yeah. point. 
they've all got the white background and the black um uh the black um sort of the walls if you like yeah, the the, the pathway the defining um, path. and they're all split down into into families so some are di- uh, the two that on, on the left hand side of the screen are, are from two completely different families but they still look very similar and very much the same yeah they're very identifiable and, yeah. yeah and i just it's it's a fantastic project um and it's also a project this is the project that made me work for London Underground, without a doubt. Um, because I set out in 2014, 2013, 2014, when they started going on display, to find all of them. I have found all of them. I have kept up to date. I can tell you where every single one is. I can tell you the number. You could throw a station at me. I could tell you its number. I could tell you its design point. Like, we're not going to do it. But it's just become a bit of a, a passion for me, I suppose. And it's something that even like TFL, they've published loads of leaflets all about it. Oh, yeah. Um, there's they've tote bags were made oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know we can get tote bags um, posters you saw you saw behind me before it fell down um there's even been a book published all about it so you could oh, the nice. book's still available from the transport museum nice. um but for instance so Tottenham court road the, the page i've opened in bond street um it's got a brief history of every station a, a photo but i also one of the things i really like the book as well is it's frozen in time Labyrinth is a living project, mm. like the underground. As the underground expands and changes and, and all the rest of it, the labyrinths get moved. The labyrinths, as, as I've said, come off display. This book is as it was in 2014 when the last one went up at Paravale. Since then, there's lots in this book that isn't accurate. I was going to say, so So David Shepard asks a question that's relevant to this, which is um, if, uh, if Mark is making a labyrinth for the new Northern Line stations. Ooh. No. Really? No, there will be no more labyrinths. Um, and this is something that there gets a lot of disagreement, um, a lot of opinion. But um, the Art on the Underground team uh, share the same view on this as me. The whole point of the project was to celebrate the, the 150th anniversary and everything we've, we've done and we've come from. Um, the labyrinths are all numbered. So they've all got a number between 1 and 270. And they're all in a specific order. And that's done from the 2009 Tube Challenge world record. Um, so we can't add any more because yeah. <laughs> they're all of 270. Um, if I just if I show the book up again, you can see uh, the numbering yeah, the here. Number, so this yeah. is hand hand authored by the uh, by the creator. Um, the. The network is changing, evolving, and expanding. It's actually quite right that the Northern Line extension isn't going to have labyrinths, and nor would the Metropolitan Line extension had that happened, because the underground's always changing, evolving. We can't take an old idea and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. bonk it on. Um, yes, they've become a design classic. Um, there was in 2017, um, no, it was 2015, thereabouts. Um, there was a, a poll about the most iconic bits of, of London transport. Um, and it, it was involved in this transported by design campaign, which is these two photos behind me here. Um, and Labyrinth was up there as a design icon. It's become as recognisable as the Roundel. It was fascinating working on stations. People would ask, what is this? Does it have some kind of hidden meaning? Is it? Is it? Uh, does it have something? But the the answer is no. It's just a piece of art. And a lot of people say, "Well, why hasn't got a why hasn't it got a little plaque next to it?" And 
to be quite honest, I think a lot of the the meaning and the joy would be lost if it had a plaque next to it. I I, um, I, I see these, yeah, I, and I, I dare say this might be an analogy that you feel with these as well. But they they very much represent they're representative of everyone's individual journeys, and yeah. not everyone has a little plaque explaining what their story has been. I just I, I I have to say I absolutely love this project, and I think it's because it, it it's that in you know they're all recognisable, they're all clearly of you know and as you say they're families of them but they're they're so unique everyone's different every journey is every little journey is different they're they're brilliant they're really good exactly Um, i think they're great um if we go back to the slide um, oh yeah let's do that sorry i realize i haven't actually been looking at the slide here's the slide again everyone yeah (laughs) sorry um that's a photo of uh, a child um tracing the way through the labyrinth and trying to find get from from the x to the center um this happens so much you'll just get people who go up to it and start following it through people who are old people who are young people of all backgrounds and it's just another of those really nice things about it um and yeah i i really it's a it's a program or a project i love so much about and we'll i'll just quickly explain the bottom right hand side because this is yeah, not yeah. an official labyrinth but it is an official labyrinth this is at Perivale station and the labyrinth Paravel was the very last to be put up on display. The official art on the underground photographer was booked to go and take photos of it. Um, and it, for, for some reason, it didn't get put up the night that it was there. So the station staff, not one to disappoint, decided yeah. to draw a labyrinth. <laughs> and this was there for one day. This was on this board for one day. And it just so happened to be the day that I, because I'd been told it had gone up the night before. So I went there and yeah. I took a photo of it. Um, and I just loved it because it, it just shows the personality and the excitement that staff get from these projects as well. The staff didn't have to do that. They could have just ignored it. Um, but they used some ingenuity and, and put together this labyrinth. And I just, it's, it's, brilliant. it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And if we now go on to the, the next slide, I think is the right one. I don't know for certain. Yeah. So this is me and some of my friends over the years. And I think this shows how much of a sort of a community spirit there is behind labyrinth there are a whole host of people who go away trying to find them all um on twitter we have the 270 club hashtag 270 club which are the people who found them all um it's still a very exclusive club um but my friend david who who is on the uh, in a few of the photos the bottom right the first time that i met david um at chantry lane and David has now become one of my my best friends in the world. And I wouldn't have met David without mm. our mutual love for labyrinths on Twitter. There's um, also a sensational T-shirt he is wearing there. I absolutely yeah. love that. Sorry, it's a digression. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and, uh, that's the thing is Art on the Underground did a whole um, sort of uh, merchandise campaign. So they did mugs, T-shirts. Um, you'll see some of it in the next slide. But just don't, don't go there just yet. I just want to say a little bit more. Um, so top left. I think is the hardest labyrinth to find on the network. Um, people disagree with me. That's at Shepherd's Bush. Um, they provide you with a little bench. It's that hard to find. You get a bench <laughs> to sit down on. Um, and then the the bottom sort of three photos are all at Covent Garden. Um, again, the team at Covent Garden are another one of the reasons why I work for the underground. In 2014, when I was just leaving university and didn't know what I wanted to do, um, they were just so friendly and welcoming and, and would show me a, a young budding tube nerd around hidden bits of the station um, 
on the, the bottom left photo, it's David and a, a supervisor called Pele, who's uh, now um, retired from the underground and emigrated to New York. Um, but the three of us went and visited some disused stations, York Road and Down Street, and we just had freedom of the stations. We could just roam around, and it was it was such a privilege to be able to do, um, but fascinating to see these things. Um, and it just shows as well how much this, the staff of the Tube care about what they do, but also care about getting other people involved and um, as I say, if it wasn't for Art on the Underground, if it wasn't for Labyrinth and the kindness of the Tube staff, I wouldn't have considered a job on the Underground. I, I For years, it's the joke between my family and my oldest friends, I always said I'd never get a job in railways and lo and behold, here I am yeah, five yeah. into my career and, and haven't looked back once. So um, yeah, if we go to the next slide. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. food. Cupcakes. Yeah, so. Um, on the right-hand side, it's the Comic Garden Labyrinth to celebrate the, I believe it was the 100th uh, anniversary of Comic Garden Station. Um, some cupcakes were printed with the labyrinth on it, which were just, you know, fantastic and genius. I didn't get one. I'm still bitter about it, but, you know, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> center, bottom right, like of the two smaller ones, that's David sporting his, uh, his labyrinth um, tote bag. Um, above that, we've got uh, LTM Museum shop. All... Um, mainly Covent Garden design, but T-shirts, all the rest of it, they're on sale. And then the bottom left um, is a book plate from the um, book. So the book that I showed here, um, they also did a run, a limited edition run of 270 um, that had a black cover um, with sort of like a, a spot UV um, printed thing. And then each one was individually signed by the author and it was one for every station. Um, and I was very fortunate to get, um, so this is from Covent Garden. So I've got Covent Gardens, Labrick Grove and Cock Fosters, um, which are all of significant, me and my family have got, they're all sort of significant stations to, to our family. So that was, that was very nice. Oh, yeah, all like... of them sold out very quickly. So if you're yeah. looking, you won't get one. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, one more. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so, David, my friend, um, and I think this says everything about Labyrinth. David went one better, and David has his own Labyrinth. So on the left is a local artist um, to David who has created this Labyrinth in the style of the ones on the tube. Um, it's numbered... Um, I can't... I mean, if I get the big slide up, I'd be able to do that, wouldn't I? Um, but the number is related to where David lives, and David's bathroom is themed around... <laughs> The London Underground. So the tiling pattern that you can see behind the right hand side is um, based around the tiles of King's Cross, uh, as you see. Piccadilly one, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was zero eight of zero eight, um, which is is related to, to David's house number, and it's just that's what Labyrinth has become. It's just it's taken on a life of its own. It's become so much more than I think anybody ever would have thought it would be, um, mm. and it it's fantastic. Like it, it really is just such a fantastic project. Um, and that's, I, yeah, I, I could talk for hours about labyrinth, but we'll, we'll go on to the, we'll go on to the next slide. Um, instead. Um, so, Oh, that's, there should be, no, not that one. Oh, there we go. Too far. No, 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 back one, back one, back one, back one. There we go. Um, just this so one. There's a, yes. Yeah. A, fo a photo has gone missing, so it isn't going to quite make this work out, but we'll, we'll deal with it. Um, so this is the one I mentioned earlier at King's Cross. This is called Half Circle, um, Half Circle and Full Circle. There's there's two of them. And it's in your tube tunnel or in your passageways, you've got your cylindrical tunnel. And I'm, this will probably appease you as an engineer as well. Yeah, I'm enjoying this one, yeah. This <laughs> is the missing bit. So this is the bit of tunnel that you don't see taken and put 
there and there's two of these one's on the piccadilly line concourse and one's on the northern line concourse and it was as part of the extension of king's cross in 2010 the one we can see is on the northern line um, and is just sort of sheet steel um, there. The one that the, the photos disappeared, unfortunately, from the, the PowerPoint. Yeah, I don't know why that's uh, happened. I can't. I don't have enough screens to be able to play with it, I'm afraid. Um, but the one on the, the that's missing is on the Piketty Line concourse and is a. Um, I don't know what the word of saying it is, but it's sort of like more of a grill. It, it's more of a grill. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's the same sort of concept. Instead of being on the side, it's. Um, just just literally picked up and, and, and plonked there. And I do not get the point of these at all. It is just some scrap metal that serves no purpose and is a bit dull. Um, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it's, and this is, this is what art's about, it's, though. It's so pointless. Have that, I, I um, love its energy. But the really, the really fascinating bit is um, the one on the bottom left, which unfortunately you can't see, um, has a hidden door in it. So if we now go to the next slide, um, this is us on the top oh, yeah. left, is us going in through the hidden door. Um, and then the bottom right is what's behind the hidden door. And whilst they were doing the expansion of King's Cross Station, they had to dig a temporary tunnel um, to allow interchange between the Piccadilly and Victoria lines. And this tunnel was required purely because of the King's Cross fire um, and really? because they were closing off a, te a different temporary access point. Um, and it's still there now. It's not used, but it's hidden behind this um, thing. Real, and it's uh, yeah. a very useful path. And this was a tour I conducted in 2016 for District Dave's London Underground Forum. Yeah, I recognise uh, that scarf. Um, yes. Uh, there's a very, uh, on, the, on the left, you'll see me in the high bar. And then just to the left of me, uh, you'll see a certain railway personality who has a teleprogram. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's just... It's another one of those things of incorporating art into the functional railway. Um, you you would notice the door if you looked closely. It's got a little like um, key barrel for it, but actually from a distance, it just looks like a dead end of a tunnel. Um, mm. So it's fascinating. Um, but yeah, we can we can gloss over my least favourite piece of piece of art, <laughs> and now we will come on to what is my favourite piece of art. Like, and I'm biased. I'm very much biased. This is the Borough of Bliss, and it's created by an artist called Linda who specialises in collage and all the rest of it. And this was done in 2018. And 2018, for all of that year, every uh, piece of art that Art on the Underground did was by a female artist. Uh, 2018 also marking 100 years um, of the suffragettes and, and women's right to vote. And the idea of Borough Bliss, it's a 100-foot-long billboard around Southwark Station. And the idea is a borough is a, a place of safety, a place of sanctuary. Um, and it was to take the idea of advertising and billboards and twist it back round into kind of feminist ownership. Um, women get used to sell things. Well, why not let's just sell being a woman or, or like femininity and stuff like that. Mm. And it's a piece that um, evolved over um, sort of, there were, there were three versions of it. So the wording that we see here, uh, thence the way home, keep a boa quiet for us. This is its final form. Um, it should have come off display earlier this year because of what's going on. It's going to be on display for who knows until when. Um, but it's all about taking these female imagery and this idea of, of lust um, in particular and owning it. Um, it's very, very feminist uh, and very kind of in your face. Mm. Um, so the, the three photos sort of to the left hand side, this is two um, 
staff of, of the underground uh, covered with custard, food colouring, uh, flower petals. We did this in a studio in East London on one of the hottest days of the year. I was also moving house the day that we did this. And it was this custard. Once it had been on the studio, it had been sat in the studio all day. And then we poured it at the end of the day. And it was just, oh, I was asked if I wanted to be in this bit. And I turned around and said, not particularly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Linda works great with collage. She's done a, a, been active since the 1970s, doing all kinds of different things and layering images. And it's, one of the epitomes of, of kind of her work. Um, if we go to the next slide, um, and this is where it becomes hey. a bit, um, is I was asked to be one of the, the people involved in it. Um, so these photos were taken on the launch day of it. Um, top left is me with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on sort of the um, north face of the station. If you take a southeastern train into to Waterloo East, uh, London Bridge, you'll, you'll see it if you look to your left in the direction of travel. Um, and then bottom left is me and Linda, the artist, um, at the launch. Um, great height difference, but I was also wearing six-inch heels. Um, right inside is me and sort of the credits, and these are all the, the people involved. And I, I mentioned the tube map earlier that goes with this, mm. um, this one here. Um, and so the, the, the person who poses is a lovely woman called Lauren Fitzgerald, who uh, has become a really good friend of mine. Um, and uh, that was on the posters all over the network. Very controversial, again, of what it sort of suggests, but that was kind of the point of, of thought croaking. And then the centre image, this is a never-before-published image. This is a Real Natter exclusive. Um, I've been sitting on this image for the, the right time to put it sort of into public domain. This is my face when I saw my face for the very first time. Ah, oh, uh, that's lovely. Uh, a friend of mine, Kay uh, Photography, um, took this. And it's, yeah, it, it's just, I'm so immensely proud to have been asked to be part of it. And um, it's great that it's been given a, a reprieve, for want of a better word, but it is a limited time and it, it will disappear and something else will, will appear in its place. And that's the, 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 the nature of the art that we do. But... Um, yeah, it was such a huge privilege to be asked to take part in this. And I, it's something that I'll, I will never forget, um, ultimately. Um, and then if we just go to the, the final slide, um, you'll be pleased to know. Oh. Um, which is kind of, yeah, so me in context. There it is, yeah. It's hidden by the, the railings, but it gives a, a good idea of kind of the the, the, the piece as a whole and uh, everything else. Um, and the, the, the woman above me. Um, another great um, Lydia, another fantastic art on the underground voice um, there. So if you are able to to go and see it in London, I, I, unbiased, I would tell you it is a fantastic piece of art in and of itself. It is still there um, until further notice at the moment. But um, yeah, but I, I loved art on the underground beforehand. I, I got into the underground because of art the underground. And then to be asked to be in an art on the underground piece, I think just sums it all up quite quite honestly and it, it's it's a big privilege um to, to be involved so yeah so that, that is that is everything that's everything i've got oh uh, no it's, it's uh, lovely it's it's um people i mean it's just th this art particularly is it, it's a really it's very vividly um it's it's a very vividly art piece some of the others are more subtle this is very in your face it's like actually no here is this enjoy this experience this um 
uh, be confused by the number of forks. Uh, it's it's great. Yeah. It's <laughs> it was it was very scary having if we go if you go back to the previous slide actually. There are a lot of forks um, on your neck. Yeah, it, that was it was just like just stay where you are and lie down and it was like wait there whilst the studio photos get taken um, and then it was like still stay there until we've removed the forks and say that you can move and it was just <laughs> you know um, and things have we've had multiple layers on that anyway like that's not just we had. Um, the forks and the spoon on my eye, they were there in the studio, but then we've had more collage laid above in, in sort of post-production. And, and that's what Linda's all about, is is building up different images. Um, she works a lot with, um, I think I can get away with saying this, but she works a lot with um, pornography and cuts the out things from pornography magazines. And this is a very difficult part for, for Boa because it's on the side of a station. It's not mm. sort of a usual medium. So it couldn't be explicit, but it also still wanted to, to talk to her. And the piece as a whole, it, it looks into the history of Southwark. There was lots of research done. Um, Linda was artist in residence for 18 months producing this, yeah. looking into the history, the stories, the tales. Um, but then it brings in staff. It brings in historical posters from the, the LTM's archive. It's, it's a huge, like, on so many different levels, um, but it, it all kind of works. And as I say, it's this idea of creating a, a safe space for for women um, of of any whether you're cis or trans or, or whoever, um, and um, celebrating that diversity um, and kind of yeah, using the idea of women normally being in the male gaze, as it were, to to sell something. Actually, women are now in the male gaze to celebrate being women and to celebrate diversity and 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 all the rest of it. And I think. It's just it's a it's a fantastic piece, and it, it, again, it was it was a privilege to be asked to be involved in it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and and I think that's a really nice way to end um, the, the to, to end this rail natter. In fact, yes. uh, we we're a hundred and eight minutes of rail natter. It's the longest episode officially, the longest episode ever. I'm very You're sorry. Happy to know that's all right. Not at all. Um, yeah, and and so thanks for thanks everyone for joining. We'll we'll come. Don't worry, we're not we're not finished quite yet. We've got another a minute and a half of uh, saying our goodbyes. As ever, it's in podcasting form. So if you've stuck with this for 108 minutes, um, as a podcast in your ears, um, uh, well, actually, you probably had quite a nice time. Particularly if you're listening to this in ages and you're on the tube while you're listening to it, that could yeah. be nice, wouldn't it? Post plague, uh, you can actually go for a little tour around. Um, I might just do that for nostalgic reasons. I wonder how far you could get in 108 minutes. 110 minutes. Yeah, I wonder. Probably right. A good chunk away from one end to the other, actually, I think. You, you <laughs> would actually do most lines there. I think the only thing you could do without having to get off would be pick a do line from Cockfosters around the Heathrow Terminal 4 loop and back again. <laughs> there, well, there you go. That's yeah. the that's the challenge, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, um, I'm just wondering, were, were there, there were a couple of questions, I think. That we said there were, there, there are a few questions, yeah. We, um, let's bring your face. Really quickly. Back. Go for it. Find those. Tracer, um, so normally people add my name into so I don't know if that means you can see it. Uh, I, da, 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 da. I, you'll probably see them easier than I will. Yeah, so there are people saying it'd be nice if this sort of thing was happening on national on the network rail uh, and national rail infrastructure. Yeah, that's the trouble with it being so fragmented is you don't get that unified um, that unified approach. But uh, yeah, there there there've been some individual projects, but nothing kind of nothing substantial across the network. Um, uh, do, 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 do. Uh, Railway twenty four seven is at nine o'clock, so we've got to finish in the next three minutes, basically, because okay, then yeah. then then we're going to have um, Transpennine Express or whatever it is. I think they've got their video on. They've got their TV show on next. Um, I tell you what, we'll we'll 
we, we can pick up questions. Charlie's on, on Twitter. I'm, I'm sure on Twitter. If you've, got, yeah, if, you've yeah. got twit, if you've got a question, tweet me. We'll do it that way. That's easier. Tweet Charlie at uh, being Charlie. Um, yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, so uh, what else? Have we? Okay, so next week we have – we're talking about the upsides of closing railways. You know I like to be contrarian. Uh, so what are there good things? What happens if you close a railway? And are there any good sides? Well, we're going to see. With we're going to have a gentle wonder with Andrew White uh, off of uh, walks around Britain. He's going to take us on a little tour. Um, and uh, oh, as ever, yep, you know all this stuff. I don't need to say it again. Uh, come and support me on. Pa- In fact, Charlie, thanks for being one of my Patreon supporters. <laughs> you allow me to get better mics. I actually just realised I didn't thread my mic down through my t-shirt today, so you, I'm, I'm covered shoddy. in wires. Uh, shoddy, absolutely shoddy. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, so so all, all that remains really is, is is for us to say to say our, our cheerios. Really, thanks so much for joining us, Charlie. That's been great. That's all right. Um, I'm sorry to natter on for no, it's, a long time. Uh, everyone's enjoyed it. Uh, we're all happy. Lots of happy people in the chat. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks very much. Thanks to everyone who joined us in the chat live. That's been great. Um, thanks to Patreon supporters. And thanks, Charlie. That's been terrific. Um, and I, I will we'll see each other post-plague, if not before. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, you were one of the last people I saw before it. So. Well, yeah, it's yeah. true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheerio, everyone. Have a lovely Bye. evening. Bye. Bye.